Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, folks. It's V, the Gorilla Economist, come to you live in this edition of Rogue News in the Morning. You can follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News. Check us out, roguenews.com, as well as our paid sponsors, mycbdedibles.com. Mycbdedibles.com for all your CBD. Ooh, I like the new logo in sight. It's got sparkles. I like the sparkles. Yeah, sparkles, a little bit of video, you know, so did a little revamp on it. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice. Well, anyway, my CBD I got, I got tantalized by the sparkles. I'm just like staring at it like. You were completely uh, captivated. Being brainwashed. Totally captivated. Glamoured is more like it. Yes. All right. Anyway, with that out of the way, we have the man of the hour. The man needs no introduction. It's the one and only Velas. Velas, what's up, buddy? Good morning, guys. How you doing? I'm exhausted. I'm tired. Lack of sleep. It's just one of those nights. I'm fantastic. I hit the gym for about an hour and a half. Did some. God, uh, God damn CJ's you to heck, CJ. Damn you to heck. <laughs> I feel much it's better. It's cold, cold and dark outside, and he's in the gym. Well, I did the thing. I did the gym thing. I forced myself to go to the gym, and I'm like, all right, let me see what my workout entails today. I'm like, oh, shit. Box squats followed by squats followed by bench and a deadlift. I'm like, ah, no. Forced myself to do it. Now I'm exhausted and I'm like ready to crawl into bed. And I got so many things to read and look over. And like, yeah, it's one of those days. You, you could have just gotten on the treadmill. At least it's still <laughs> physical activity. No, then I can't. I can't let myself slack anymore. I've been slacking for too many years. I need to get back into it. I want to once again look into the into the image of the god of iron, Velas, and tell him to <laughs> make me in his image. <laughs> anyway, buddy, I, I tend, there's a lot I tend to going hit on. that in the afternoon. Hmm? I tend to hit that in the afternoon. <laughs> there you go. I think I might have to do the same thing. But it's just, you know, mornings, something's always happening. Mornings, mornings are are my inbox for work with me going. Oh man. Oh oh, oh god. Uh, no no. I no. told you guys that yesterday. No. Oh god. I got to redo that. <laughs> anyway, fellas, there's a lot going on, my friend. Where do you want to? Where do you want to begin? I'm just going to roll and uh, feel, free, feel free to jump in. And, and uh, folks, just a reminder, I did. I was a day or two late. I apologize. I did post to Twitch the content I wasn't able to use on last week's program, as I promised to do. That's at the hashtag Velis uh, section of the Discord channel. Twitch or Discord? 
What the heck am I saying? Discord, you're absolutely right. <laughs> like, like, God, I'm on my second cup of Twitch. coffee. <laughs> no, it's okay. I just want to make sure that I was on the same page, Vellis. Well, I got Twitch on the brain because uh, the the uh, hosting platform Twitch, uh, everybody, if you're trying to look for some of our shows, yes, we have to get uh, we have to get these off of YouTube because of the man, uh, and especially with Gus. But if you're looking for prior shows, uh, the Rogue News website has uh, has them, and then also uh, Twitch Twitch does, um, especially Gus. For those of you who've been looking for for Gus, and I did I did also post that on the Discord page uh, for the the Gus section. There's no victories this week. I will try and work on that uh, here in the near term. Um, my normal opening. We have no answers on Nashville's thermobaric explosion last December, nor the French hosting provider known as OVH Cloud, uh, who lost their data center to a fire last March. Julian Assange is still in prison, and Jeff Epstein did not kill himself. Um, you know, I was thinking about the White House the other day, and I kind of came up with a thought, which was, um, I'm way oversimplifying. You create a situation so out of control that when Joe has to leave or they invoke the 25th Amendment, no one of any political stripe would dare oppose it, no matter how jacked up your base may get. And then second, while he's in office, you push this crazed agenda desired by the the globalist community as far as they can while using him as a scapegoat for it. Because I just, you know been on this earth for 50 plus years and i gotta tell you i just can't get my head around the insanity i'm looking at i mean a friend of mine made a comment to me the other day where they were like maybe we actually are in a simulation i don't (laughs) i just want the 10 year old to stop it already stop hitting the red button please right who changed the operating system um tucker carlson this week actually used the word the word eugenics on live tv uh in reference to our border situation and a couple other things which i found stunning because there's just some things that you don't say on tv no matter how true they may be and uh, that's one of them so place your bets on possibly tucker suiciding himself we'll see um let's not hope so no, absolutely not. Uh, season one of the TV show True De- Detective, just a reminder, that is not fiction. For those of you who saw True Detective or may have read about it online, uh, I'm making that reference after last week's discussions about Dr. Nasser, uh, Jerry Sandusky at Penn State I, related. Not now, Bellis, once you continue, but I, uh, in regards to Epstein and uh, Gates, uh, there is something that I, I do want to play, but not now. Not now. Keep going. Okay. Gotcha. Um, you know, the only thing about True Detective, and I agree with the Zeller brothers on this, we're going to get into the Zellers in a minute, um, they didn't include and probably couldn't in that storyline all the respectable people that tend to be involved in that topic. Um, the American Medical Association, the AMA, has been providing guidance to doctors on how to compel their patients to uh, both receive shots and, my personal favorite, not submit for an exemption with their employers. Um What's not funny about that is, is I've actually experienced that firsthand. I had a doctor's visit last spring and my doctor asked me, I'm not kidding. I actually was getting a tetanus shot among my, my checkup. My doctor asked me six times, six times for you Ferris Bueller fans. He's been asked (laughs) how many times? Six (laughs) times to get the shot while I was in the office. Now what's what's important about this is, each time she said, you really need to get the shot. 
you know, while you're here. And I said, well, I'm just going to get the tetanus and I'm going to get the, um, the shingle shot later. Cause I, you know, that that's a known thing. Like I'm willing to get the shingle shot, but it's also a known thing that it's, it's three or four days. You're going to be kind of out of it. Um, and I would look at her and I'd say, you understand that the fatality rate in 2020 is 0.01%. And she's like, right, but you need to get the shot. And then I would give her another factoid about this whole mess. And she'd look out the window and then look back at me and say, but you still need to get the shot. So then I finally was like, I can't take this anymore. And like I said, this is last spring. So I looked at her and I said, how much is your practice getting paid for every shot that you give here in the office rather than recommending I get someplace else? Mm-hmm. And she just glared at me and then grabbed grabbed her, her touchpad for patient information and said, see the nurse on your way out for your six-month follow-up. I have a new doctor. Wow. Um, I'm also amused by uh, the world's most expensive intelligence agencies in the United States evidently cannot monitor Facebook, WhatsApp, and other tools for an awareness of all the undocumented migrants that are entering the United States. Yeah, but they're, you know, you, but you got to cut them some slack. They're, they're spending all their time and resources creating white supremacist groups. Avellas, you got to cut them some slack, man. There's there's that, and the Babylon Bee had a great joke uh, yesterday or the day before yeah. about FBI agents saying it's it's really difficult when we have to investigate real crime. Yeah, <laughs> usually usually it's us, and it's they just can only inve- they can only solve crimes that they create. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> um, I find this I find this funny because those social media tools are shutting down Australians from using them to organize to express their individual rights. Um, but, uh, we just evidently can't monitor, um, individuals that, that are using those tools to enter the United States in a coordinated way. Um, and what I find funny is, is the media is monitoring those tools. I mean, why do you think the reporters always know when exactly to be there to make, you know, film these things? Uh, we spend trillions on intelligence, including big machines in the sky, monitoring everything under the planet, literally. But we're unaware of months of planning to move people from Haiti to Chile and Brazil before moving them through Mexico to the United States. Now, one of the things I thought was, I don't know, maybe the FBI doesn't have anybody who speaks Haitian Creole. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But anyway, it's, uh, you know, and then the media, you know, the left is focused on, well, the plight of the oppressed and the right is focused on the government has failed horribly. Um, but yet a group of disaffected Americans start talking on social media about taking out their frustration on government officials. I bet we'll have that on the news by 6 p.m. Uh, but thousands of people crossing the border, uh, the most powerful intelligence machine ever created, just didn't see it coming. We, we had no idea. We're too busy creating white supremacy groups in Idaho. We have no idea. Well, not only well, that, the entire fake rally. Did you guys see the fake rally that they said? Yeah, the fake, the fake rally the, the held by fake people rally? arresting fake people. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you know what's funny? I got to give credit to Trump here. Somebody asked him, in a, uh, uh, what do you think about the uh, Justice for 1-6 rally? And Trump's like, eh, I don't know. It seems like a setup to me. I wouldn't go. <laughs> you think? Yeah. And that's exactly, you know, so it, it, and I don't know if you guys have been following Revolver. Okay, Revolver News is, it's. I would have to say, it's one of the sites that I go and read. It's 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 because I, I can't go to Drudge to like get a quick glimpse of what the hell's going on in the world. So when I'm not on Rogue, you know, perusing what's on Rogue for the great editorial content, I'm on <laughs> Revolver. And with Revolver, they are running. They're literally blowing the lid off the entire Stuart Rhodes, okay, 
and the Oath Keepers, not Oath Keepers, but Oath Keepers, which was nothing but is being exposed as nothing but a Fed created, Fed run proxy group with Stuart Rhodes as the head, and to have the whole thing played into the whole January six nonsense. It is riveting. Go there and read. It's, it's going to take you a long time to read. I think the article's like damn near a couple thousand words. It's ridiculous. I mean, I was like, oh my god, when is this going to end? So it kept going and going documents after documents after documents. Amazing. Amazing. But that's what they're, you know, the intelligence departments are doing. CJ, do you have the uh, Utopia clip ready? Velas, you have to ask. Come on, man. I know you do. <laughs> Come on, man. I just, I'm just making, making yeah, sure ready. you are didn't you ready pass for it. it. Yeah. yeah. Now, you, before what, you play, what? before you play, folks, uh-huh. um, this is from uh, a, a, a short-lived TV show. I guess it was only eight episodes or so that were were produced, um, and it's an adaptation, though, of a British program who aired in 2013. Now, I was like tapping my screen yesterday because because I was like, wait a minute, that can't be right. This actually aired in September of 2020. September of 2020. So play the clip if you would, CJ. Is there? Did you give me a minute marker or anything? No, just just right where you are. Okay, here we go. You've desecrated all of my work. You disrespected science. What the hell did you put in that vaccine? And when this vaccine fails, I'll be the scapegoat. He created a flu that sparked the demand for a vaccine that doesn't work. After everyone in the country is vaccinated. And the world. He'll have murdered millions. Nope, nope, you don't have it. We need to go now before that vaccine ships and more people die. Give a certain percentage of the population a fatal illness and you make sure it's genetic. See, that was the exciting part. You pass it down. So if you have children before you die, Becky, do you have children? How much evil do you have to do to do good? People are driven by the need to know what happens next. Do you want to know what happens next? Your father created a world-changing, not world-ending, a world-changing, world-improving omnivirus. And we have taken that virus and embedded it in the vaccine of the Stearns flu. I knew it. I knew it. You created a panic and now everybody's begging for the vaccine. No, no, no. Demanding it with all the entitlement of a first world country. Yes. And now we have exactly what we want. Hundreds of millions of Americans lining up, offering us their arms, and letting us give them our creation. I'm pretty sure when every vaccinated person starts dying, they'll trace it back to undetectable virus or not. You've all been very busy. You're all very sharp. Are you sure none of you would like to come and work for me? No? Better than dying a terrible, violent death? Then understand this. What we are doing is far bigger than death. This virus is not deadly. It looks pretty damn deadly. Tell me this. What have you done today to earn your place in this crowded world? Exactly. Everything I do is a cure for our current situation. Right, how's it a cure if you're killing people? I told you it does not kill. That was the amazing epiphany we had. We didn't have to kill to accomplish our goal. Which is what? 
We intend to stop human reproduction for three generations. The busy, endless global assembly line of babies will grind to halt. You're sterilizing people? Huh? In the first five years, we'll start to see major birth rate declines as teenagers vaccinated today hit their childbearing years. You're controlling the future of human civilization. Is that what they're calling it? It's a very nice euphemism for a species that has replicated like a contagion across the planet, killing all other species in its wake. Except things that are cute, like puppies or koalas. Pandas. Never in history has there been a creature begging for extinction more than the fucking panda. Except us. You hate people that much? On the contrary, I love people. How? Why would doing what our government or citizenry is too spoiled or self-indulgent to do? We are saving ourselves from ourselves. Halting overpopulation. Hundred years ago, the global population was 1.7 billion. 2011, it reached seven billion. People live too long, die less often, fuck too much, shit out babies like. In 2050, they say it's going to plateau. Mm-mm-mm. We'll blow past 11 billion and then slowly begin to decline. But by then, it'll be too late to save an Earth that bears any resemblance to a world we actually want to live in. This planet. I love this planet. So I decided to take care of the problem. By injecting your virus into the veins of every human on it? Global warming, mass extinctions, food, water shortages. All these problems can be boiled down to one thing. Overpopulation. It's not as simple as that. But it is. At 1.7 billion, we can be as decadent, self-indulgent, shitty as we want. At 10 billion, we have to live strategically. We have to live modestly. We have to live selflessly. And as you know, we're not that good at it. And you're beta testing it on Americans since we're the worst. If we don't do something now, right now, in a decade, our world will experience extraordinary privations. War of all against all. Water. We'll go to war over water, and the people who will die first are the ones without power and money. And by then, we'll be fighting over a world that really isn't worth fighting for. You can't just decide people won't have babies because... I can, and I did. What about what this does to, to people, society? Salvation. We can form a new society. Home. Mm-hmm. The grand social experiment. Wow. That's all. Holy fuck. Is all I have to say. Holy fuck. That's crazy. And that's exactly what it is. Um, what he alluded to later, that they they had developed a way uh, to safely cause sterilization without killing the recipient of the shot. Now, like I said, that the, the uh, program uh, uh, like it uh, aired in the, in the UK in 2013, uh, that what you just saw aired last fall, and I'll go there. My first thought was, "Well, is no one is no one uh, watching the show?" <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm confused. But you know, I mean, it's not hyperbole. I mean, the think tanks and the others, and I've shared with all of you the the yeah, these conference. are all fucking Malthusian assholes, man. Yes, this is their, they're obsessed. Nihilistic Malthusian assholes who need to get punched in the face. That's who these these idiots are, man. I can't stand them. I can't this, and, stand them. Yeah, and I mean this is this is 
there are folks who believe believe this way, and we've been talking about it on Rogue for some time, and I shared it's with all so of you. It's so prevalent in the Western think tanks. It's so damn prevalent. You know, this is what they want to do. There's a reason why. It's like, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm like, why is there such a, a ferocious fight, you know, between uh, mRNA vaccine technology versus the traditional viral vectors? And we're seeing the world divided in two in terms of their approach to how they're handling this in terms of, uh, you know, you know, what kind of vaccines are rolling out. Uh, are they doing lockdowns? Are they not doing lockdowns? This is it, man. This is why they're so, so quick to get this into the arms of kids. And and, and, and even though 16 to 2, the, the, the FDA voted down uh, any sort of a booster shot, um, they're still going to go ahead and do it. Yep. Well, and, and I had a, a soundbite for today about Miss um, Walensky over at uh, CDC. I love the fact that not only is uh, is she rejecting the guidance from the FDA, who, you know, doesn't always necessarily make decisions in the interest of, of the public, but as I said last week, there's still people inside these agencies who believe in what the agency is supposed to be doing. And they they, I mean, like I said, they may not be people with whom we necessarily agree, but they see what their agencies are being directed to do. So what happened in the past two days? Walensky, the leader over at the CDC, has said that she's rejecting the advice of her own scientific panel that advises people in her position on, on what they should or should not pursue, and she's she's pushing boosters. So anywho, you know, final comment about the clip we just watched, and I, I don't know. I have no skin in the in the game of the following comment. I have I have folks out there that believe uh, um, what I'm about to say, and and I respect that. I neither agree nor disagree. I just kind of take it under advisement. But there is a philosophy out there in certain circles, especially religious circles, that evil cannot conduct evil unless right. they tell you what they're going to do to you. And so, based on that, the media makes a wonderful mechanism because you watch television like that, and you'll. I hate to say it, have two general reactions. People like us saying, my God, that's that's exactly how they think and that's what they're doing. And another people, a group of people who say, I bet the other side thinks that this is all true. So shifting gears considerably, uh, moving into the world of investing, uh, I posted the other night about uh, uh, global energy transition uh, over on Discord. And... Um, there was an article that had a lot of data in it, and it was very interesting. There's a number of other articles that are saying the same thing, but they were talking about with the shift to, speaking of <laughs> globalist thinking, with the shift to green energy, um, there's some amusing figures starting to pop up, uh, not unless you've been a rogue listener before, but uh, lithium, nickel, copper, uh, among others, who are exponentially going to increase. Uh, if you'll revol- uh, recall my comments from last week's show, um, all of the countries who normally produce that stuff uh, within the past eight months or so have either almost been overthrown, been overthrown, or elections manipulated. Uh, the result of which, because I had a friend of mine say, well, why would the business community want to inflict harm on uh, Peru by having their, their government go leftist? And I'm like, well, if the outcome is, is it jacked up copper prices? There's your answer. Um, and then the big one, you know, the one I talked about last spring about Bolivia, where the former vice president of the country was was uh, brought in with with. And this is the part that kills me. You know, it's it's not BlackRock. It's not Vanguard. It's not the Carlisle Group. It was just a small British private equity group 
basically bought her and said, we need to use your contacts in the military to help overthrow Bolivia's government because we want to make sure that prices of lithium continue to jack up and make sure we've got our hands on the supply. So some data points that you all might find interesting. Uh, The transition to green energy, according to the article I posted on Discord, is going to require a $173 trillion of U.S. dollars in investment over the next 30 years. So in U.S. dollars, $173 trillion, which is almost as much, I'm joking, as we spent on Afghanistan. Um, So God only knows. (laughs) The price of lithium and nickel uh, in the near term is expected to jump five times the current prices. Cobalt is expected to jump 70%. This is also why some friends of mine in the IT industry, especially on the West Coast, have been telling me about various reclamation efforts to try and get cobalt out of... Yeah, you, um, which country has the highest level of cobalt? And that's, that, that was a metal that I cut my teeth on in terms of brokering strategic metals. Zimbabwe. Ah, interesting. I did not know that. Yep. Rhodesia. Rhodesia. Yeah, Zimbabwe. Yeah. We used to Other... take it right out of there and, and bring it right through South Africa. The South Africa... Uh, uh, Zimbabwe route that was the cobalt route. We used to take out cobalt and uh, vanadium as, as well as molybdenum out there. And, 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 and cobalt is very, very key, very key. It's a strategic metal. Well, and also, uh, you know, during those years, especially with, with apartheid and the sanctions against South Africa, the South Africans got very good in um, bartering for materials or using their country as a conduit. Uh, for untracked resources like you're talking about, because they had to have a way to make make money. Um, other commodities out there that are expected to jump, um, and I, we've covered these before, but just review, uh, manganese, iron, phosphorus, and graphite. Uh, this all relates to the green energy move. Now, um, a personal item for me, or, or a piece of detail I've I've personally seen, um, for a number of years, I used to go out to the southwest of the United States, whether uh, New Mexico, Arizona, and so on. And I've been up in the mountains where, you know, you got to use a uh, kind of an old 60 or you know, late model 60s, early 70s, 4 by 4 to get up there. But, you know, you'll find what's left of foundations of things of these old mining towns and things. And I've seen a couple of these places where these these mines are located. And if you go up there, you'll see these giant slag piles. Now, for those of you who may not be familiar with the term, that, that's like in the steel industry or other metalworking industries. The, the material that is produced by your smelting process you don't want or is impure or whatever, you move that over into a big pile that is called slag, and it's, it's mixed up with, with a whole bunch of stuff. And so when you go to these mines up there, they've got these, they're, they're immense. They're huge. I mean, like in some cases, they're almost as big as the, as the mountain uh, where the, where the uh, damn thing is located. Um, and these slag piles are mixed with a lot of other metals. And the tech back at those times, you know, the 1800s, or early 1920s, wasn't, wasn't as good. So number one, uh, it's way up there. Number two, uh, a lot of that metalworking, especially if gold was involved, uh, there's a lot of mercury up in those hills. you got to be careful. They use the mercury to try and separate certain metals and things. About 10 years or so ago, uh, a friend of mine who lived out that way told me, they said, well, we've got these rather weird, out-of-the-blue investment firms are buying up that land up there. And I said, really? And they're like, yeah. And we all know what they're doing. There's billions of dollars in metal in those piles, and not just copper. 
And they said, so around this, this neck of the woods of the U.S., we have been assuming that either A, somebody found a better technique to get it out, and that, that pretty much does exist. B, global prices of copper are going to go up for, quote, some reason. Or C, both. So just food for thought, because for years, people have known all that stuff is up there, but nobody bothered with going after it. And now they are. So, you know, in conclusion on this, this green energy topic, it's uh, the Hegelian dialectic folks from the German scholar Friedrich Hegel. I know uh, Matthew Arrett and V often reference yep. uh, the Hegelian dialectic. And of course, what does that mean? Well, loosely put, um, you create a problem that you're going to solve and you create the solution to that problem, then you inject the problem and then offer your solution. Now, the way Hegel meant it was, is he was using that approach to overthrow certain political systems or, or severely modify certain political systems in Europe during that era. But it does, it does work. The intelligence communities around the world have used that for years. And so what we're witnessing is a pretty obvious move for economic benefit. You move everybody to green energy, and make sure you got your paws on all the required commodities and make a killing when the prices start to go up. Yeah. And as we've discussed here on you know, Rogue, funny, for it, two it, years, it, the prices are going up. Yeah. And it's funny because it's like, it, it's, you know, working in that industry uh, for quite a number of years and then seeing what, what, what's happening. The U S is the West in general, especially the United States. It's so far beyond and behind the uh the eight ball on this they're they're they're, they're so out there it's, it's it's going to be like i i mean i'll put it to you this way there's no mining extraction and or refining capacity in the western hemisphere for any of this stuff right these 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 bureaucrats who sit there and circle jerk each other on the greatness of of what they've done and what they've accomplished right these morons they have no idea that they've gutted and destroyed manufacturing and industry so much in this country. We don't even have the refining capacity. And for us just to have the refining capacity and to gear it up, it's going to take us at least 10 to 15 years at the minimum. And that's without any sort of incompetence and running over budget. It, it, you, they, they know that you know in Ecuador, and just like in Afghanistan, they're sitting on tens of trillions of dollars worth of mineral wealth in the in especially in the strategic and rare earth mineral uh, realm and, and also North Korea as well. They have no freaking way of getting it out. Now when I was doing this shit back in 2003 and 2004, uh, most of the equipment that we were utilizing in order to get that stuff out of South uh, out of uh, Zimbabwe into Joburg and over into at that time we used to we used to have it uh, uh, refined in Falcon Bridge in Norway and that that was scuttled uh, but I think Barrett brought, uh, uh, bought them out. But back then, we were utilizing a lot of Chinese equipment. And back then in 03, we were like, oh, you know, we're seeing more and more Chinese operating in and around Zimbabwe. And we're like wondering what the hell is going on. And now it's just like, dude, they control the China controls 95% of that damn market. There's no way these green loving idiots are going to come to any sort of level. It doesn't make any sense. Unless, of course, their entire agenda is to. It, it, it is to turn the the only way this works out for the West is this, it, you know, the bureaucrats' vision is to turn the entire Western hemisphere, to turn the entire Western nations into neo serfdoms, where you have a working poor, permanently poor, with no upward mobility, right? And the little bit that they're able to 
uh, to siphon out of the uh, uh, you know out of the ground in comparison to what the Chinese and the rest of the world can do. Um, that's what they're going to utilize to run their economies. You know, I, these guys are and they're doing this because their fiat system is collapsing. They believe these Malthusians believe that a neo feudalistic future is the answer for the world that they screwed up. Yes. <laughs> I'm pissed. I feel it. Um, moving moving gears again, and thank you, V. Um, there was a development in the John Benet Ramsey case, for any of you who remember that one. Uh, oh, my God, really? That's still, that's still going on. Oh, yeah. Um, this is thanks to the Zeller brothers. And again, these are the folks I've mentioned, all of you, that Frank, quite frankly, um, the two retired um, New Jersey investigators that run a page of their own and they, they've written some books and, and still carry out various investigations. Um, the pageant photographer for many of her beauty pageants for little girls, and I'll just leave that where it is, a man by the name of Randy Simmons was sentenced to 10 years for 15 counts of first degree encouragement of child sex abuse this week. Jeez. The takeaway the Zellers wanted to leave us all with is as follows. Uh, number one, and this is often the case because we've seen this with Epstein, um, they've been talking about that guy since 99. So that's 21 plus years of trying to get at this guy, the Zellers, and he finally got nailed. Um, second, it doesn't mean the photographer killed her necessarily. Uh, to some degree, it's worse. Um, what they pointed out are some things, you know, that have been published in other places, which is there is some really shady stuff going on in Boulder, Colorado which is unfortunate because dating myself, you know, that's where Mark and Mindy was supposed to take place. That's a happy place. That's not a bad place. But there's a number of private investigators, police officers, and others who said for years that um, Boulder is the problem. It's not these, uh, uh, it's, it's not these one-off stories that we're hearing, whether it's her or other things. And I was working with General Electric when they acquired uh, her dad's, um, it was a, a disaster recovery company. Um, I think it was Ameridata was what it was called. But anyway, which which gave me a weird uh, visibility into, because he had to sell that firm when this all hit the news and raise money for lawyers and similar. There's a, a law enforcement guy I used to work with in the defense community. He made a comment to me a number of years ago where he said, what Dolce, New Mexico is to classified government research, Boulder is to certain alternative lifestyles right out of Rosemary's Baby. So, wow. Yeah, no kidding. So we'll, wow. keep, all witches. we'll keep an eye on that. Um, the White House, again, uh, they want to deny honorable discharges to military personnel who are released for not taking the coup shots. I mean, that's just downright mean. Uh, given what we know about the shots back in 91, I remember that well. I had uh, classmates in college who got called up uh, to go to the Gulf for uh, cat box number one, as they called it. Um, you know, they had two kinds. They had this uh, two-needle uh, injector that the soldiers would carry with them. You'd slam it into your thigh, yeah. and it would shoot the two needles in and give you an immediate injection. Reason being, if your uh, tag on your uniform they had this strip you could peel away. And if it changed color or other devices indicated that either a chemical or biological weapon had been released, because we knew the Iraqis had a ton of it, 
uh, those soldiers were supposed to hit themselves in the thigh with with those things. Now, a number of soldiers did use those, and and there were a lot of known reactions to that. But the other thing is, is that even before that, they inoculated a number of soldiers with various drugs. And number one, what a lot of officers and enlisted personnel had to learn after the fact was when you're in the military, your body belongs to the government. So there's not much option to say no. But nobody, to my knowledge, got dishonorably discharged if they said, I don't want to take that shot before I go in country or, or you know, I'm resigning my commission or whatever. Um, so that's raising the bar quite a bit um, that you're giving people dishonorable discharge. Because, again, like a lot of folks I've known who've worked in government or, or have served in the military, you have a lot of benefits, especially when you're in the officer's corps. I mean, man, going from lieutenant to major, major to lieutenant colonel. You hit Lieutenant Colonel, man, you've like hit the lottery. Your your medical benefits and the college loan benefits that you get for your kids and stuff. Um, losing all of that is a big deal, given the fact that, you know, you weren't really making the market rate, if you will, as far as income, but the but the benefits were were overwhelming. So from a supply chain perspective, a number of things, because we got a lot going on there. And there's a lot going on with supply chains. And if it isn't coordinated, I'd be shocked. And it would be probably one of the most considerable black swan events that have ever happened. Um, we've got a listener of the show on Discord uh, commenting last night that their company is now low on supplies for making decorative candles. So they've, if I don't exactly recall what they said, but they either had to shut down or, or reduce operations. We have several Ford and GM plants who've reduced hours of operation or flat out shut down plants for two to three weeks because of the chip shortages. Um, there's a laundry list of things out there right now that I won't get into, but are all I, I fear this will lead to actual real chip shortages, fellas. That when I go to the supermarket, my favorite chip, Doritos, will <laughs> not be there. That will be, be a problem. You shouldn't be eating Doritos, man. <laughs> that stuff's got ethylene glycol in it, I think. But, yeah, but uh, the GMO, I get the organic one, man. The, they have an organic line. It's the best. Okay, if you're using Fritos like Xerox machine, okay. Uh, <laughs> we had a, we had another listener who's in the freight industry uh, provided me the blog of a guy who reports on that sector. And by the way, I posted that site on uh, the Vellus hashtag uh, this morning. Uh, as I speak to you, we have about 70 cargo ships sitting off the coast of California right now waiting to unload their cargo. Um, by the way, just by way of comparison, um, South or North, I think it's South Carolina. Uh, that's four months of South Carolina cargo. That's a lot. Wow. And many are drifting, by the way. Um, I had to do a double take on this when I saw that. You know, what do you mean drifting? I mean, I mean, literally that they've turned off the engines and the boats just out there floating. Now, why are they drifting? You ask? Well, cause holding position in the water burns up fuel and fuel is money. Right. So is this because we have more cargo coming into the U.S. than previous years? This is the interesting part. Actually, no. Um, we have less. So why is it backing up? Well, there's several factors. First, the cargo firms are using smaller ships right now for a number of reasons. I won't go into that. There's more ships trying to move uh, the same volume of cargo uh, than the traditionally larger boats. So it's not just a, a function of offloading the ships you have, but you got to bring them in. You have to dock them. You have to unload them. You have to reload them with new cargo if there's new cargo going out. you got to refuel them and they get them out. That all takes time. Then we have the known shortages of labor and unload the boats. And then the big one, the one that doesn't get as much press coverage, which is we keep seeming to have all these rail problems right. um, as far as, as uh, well, yeah, you've unloaded the boat, but we have no, no uh, trains to put it on. 
Uh, and then this is a hot potato, and I know that, but I'm going to go there anyway. Um, having a cheap supply of labor in Southern California shouldn't really be a problem right now, so it kind of begs the question what's going on here. Um, another supply chain item, kind of an amusing one that relates back to the COOF. Um, mentioned this last week. V had a program about two weeks ago where he was talking about, you know, if you have to take the shot, um, you know, make sure for a week or two weeks prior you're, you're having high quality yogurt and, and not the stuff loaded with sugar and then silica waters like Fiji water and similar. Now, what's interesting is after I heard that program, I went to my local grocery store chain and found they don't have any silica water. And they used to carry like two or three different brands, including Fiji. Yeah. And I thought that was odd. Um, I mean, you can order it on Amazon and it could just be a regional supply chain problem. But, but right now, um, the only place in my area I can find it is I have to go to a health food store and even they're starting to run low. And I spoke to the one of the folks there and they're, they're no, I'm not saying it's because of our program, but I'm just saying their comment was, yeah, there's been a, a surge of people coming in looking for silica water. And I thought, okay, well, that sounds like people are getting the word on things you can do. Yeah. And suddenly we have a, another supply chain problem. Now, what's interesting is even just spring water, even just natural spring water, you, it's getting very difficult, especially any type of private label. Um, Meyer, several other that, you know, they used to bottle their own. And, uh, you know, you know, again, it's just the supply chain's broken down in a lot of different sectors. Yeah. It, right, it, it, people get some sort of filtration device. Exactly. And then get silica drops. Exactly. We've, we, we, we talked about this a lot on Rogue last fall and earlier this year, which was if you can afford it or you have the means to do it, get yourself a triple filtration system. If not, get yourself some kind of filtration system. Yeah. Um, the other thing was, is, is uh, had a little voice in my head when I was writing up these notes. And we might remember the media was making fun of former President Trump where he was drinking bottled water during a press conference and he kept using both hands and he kept making a big deal about pausing. He'd unscrew the cap, hold up the bottle like like it was product placement in a movie. And they're like, the guy's got Alzheimer's, you know, not to be confused with Joe Biden. Um, for anyone who paid attention, he was drinking Fiji water. Now, I don't know if that was just a message to Fiji. I don't know if he was telling the Japanese government something or there's more involved there. All I'm saying is, is that several times that he did that, he was drinking Fiji water. Um, we got a lot of supply chain issues in, in uh, fuel delivery. Uh, Europe is feeling this right now. There's a number of articles out there that have been talking about we're going to feel it here in the States. And of course, because we slowed down and backed off of fracking here in the United States and reshifted to importing our fuel, um, well, you know, if we have a harsh winter, things could get kind of interesting. Um, speaking of grocery stores, I know that that one of my chains in my area um, has started putting the signs back up about we're having supply chain issues. We may be out of your favorite products. We apologize. Um, there is shortages of urea, um, which is used in a number of different applications, um, yep. including diesel fuel, which I drive a diesel car, so I'm I'm very keen on that. Uh, we've also got shortages of PVC, which has impacted builders and a number of other applications who are uh, trying to use that. So not to scare anybody. On top of all the other building material stuff that exactly housing, it's crazy, man. Please, please see the copper conversation again. So uh, it is what it is, folks. Uh, try and think about the next eight months and what you need and what you can find. Uh, no need to panic. We've been through this before, but, but, you know, and I may have to blow the dust off one of my prior shows about, you know, what can 
you do, what are your options, but stock up reasonably, quote unquote, on what you think and can uh, need. Can you get it at other stores or online? Uh, can you barter uh, with someone? Um, do you have a one gallon or a five gallon fuel can in your garage? Uh, I assure you, I have about 10 gallons in my garage to quote Foghorn and Leghorn for just su such an emergency. I also use various uh, 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 car part store additives for storing fuel, especially your, your lawnmowers, if you have those or similar. Um, and then two big ones. Uh, and I mentioned this uh, previously that uh, health food stores tend to have a lot of stuff you may not think they do like flour and yeast. Now, it's going to be more expensive, but it's also of a much higher quality. Uh, and remember, their yeast is actually um, the real stuff. You got to go back to the refrigerated section. They sell it in like little little cubes. Mm -hmm. So if you find your grocery stores out of something and it's a staple that you need, uh, always consider your, your uh, health food store or your farmer's market if you've got one available. And then the second big one is remember... You can always buy institutional products, especially for cleaners and things that are used in hospitals and schools. Remember, um, a lot of the businesses and stuff uh, have offices who are still closed. They haven't been using up a lot of that. So you may not find, say, a Johnson & Johnson product on the shelf of your, of your store that you normally go to, but you can go online and buy products that you may not have ever even heard of before, but it's an institutional product. I mentioned this before. I, uh, we couldn't find Clorox spray cleaner or anything like that in this area for quite a while. Um, I bought some stuff I'd never even heard of before, but it was used by hospitals and, and other institutions. Uh, heck, it worked, it worked better than the, than the, uh, the main label stuff. So um, before I get into some of the other, con well, actually, probably the final thing we'll do today, and then I'll post my other content. CJ, do you have the other clip, or can you play the other clip, please? Um, this is from a TV show called Yes Minister. It was very popular in the UK. Uh, if you ever really want to understand how government works, this is a fantastic show. The the gentleman you see here, they're standing at the British um, Defense Ministry, where the guy on the left, uh, who's the number two in the British government, is being explained to how, how the defense system works. So just go ahead and press play. This is a terribly expensive, Prime Minister. Much cheaper, just to press a button. <laughs> so uh, how long should we allow for this meeting? 72 hours. Fine. Um, <laughs> it's only the New Zealand High Commissioner. <laughs> Isn't uh, 72 hours a bit generous? <laughs> I was just thinking how long we could hold the Russians. Still, if we could persuade the Americans to strengthen their conventional forces... I don't think it'll make much difference. Oh? Well, apparently, the American troops in Germany are also drug-ridden. They don't know which side they're on anyway. <laughs> <laughs> During the last NATO exercises, the uh, US troops dispersed and picnicked in the woods with lady soldiers. <laughs> what about the other NATO armies? Oh, they're all right. On weekdays, anyway. <laughs> yes, the Dutch, Danish and Belgium armies go home for the weekend. <laughs> so, on the whole, if the Russians are going to invade, we'd prefer them to do it between Mondays and Friday. <laughs> Is this widely known? Well, if I know it, I'm sure the Russians do. The Kremlin usually gets NATO defence information before it filters through to us at number 10. <laughs> so it comes back to Trident. When it comes. When it comes. If it works. If it works. <laughs> If it works. Well, uh, normally when new weapons are delivered, the warheads don't fit the ends of the rockets. Uh, that's what happened to Polaris, you know, the sort of thing. Wiring faults, microchip failure. We didn't have the means of firing Polaris for some years. Cruise is probably the same. Trident might be too. But this is intolerable. We should take the manufacturers to court. 
we can't risk the publicity, security, and they know it. Gosh, oh change God. the manufacturers. Well, we do all the time. The trouble is, all the manufacturers know that too. That's why that torpedo landed on Sandwich Golf Course. <laughs> oh, my God. What? I didn't read that in the papers. No, of course not. There was a cover-up. The members just found a new bunker on the 7th fairway. <laughs> <laughs> so the torpedoes don't work either. Oh, no, no, no. It's only the new ones that don't work. The others are fine. The ones that were designed during the Second World War. Over 40 years ago? Well, yes, but they had lots of testing. You can't afford luxuries like that with the modern ones. Why not? Well, if there's a nuclear war, Prime Minister, it won't last long enough for the weapons to be tested. Bernard, are there other things I don't know about the defence of the United Kingdom? Uh, I don't know, Prime Minister. I don't know what you don't know. <laughs> He's on your sixth limo. He need customised car insurance. There's, uh, there are so many gems in that clip um, from I don't know what you don't know to all of the unknowns about the defense posture and my personal favorite that American troops are in the woods having sex with other 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 female members of the service and the Europeans go home on weekends. And then the other one, uh, what do you call it? The Russians always know what's going on before we hear about it here at the prime minister's office. And that is, <laughs> and that is all true. That is all true. <laughs> it is all true. So that concluded the the content I had, folks. I've actually got a, a big chunk of some other stuff here, but I'm gonna post that on the on the Discord page for you. Uh, my normal my normal uh, uh, claim. I'll try and get it on there tonight or tomorrow, which means it may be there on Monday. But but keep an eye out on the hashtag Bell's page, and I'll and I'll have it there. Oh, one other housekeeping item. Um, I will not uh, have show next uh, Friday, uh, but I will be back on uh, October eighth. Awesome. Very well said. And, you know, I was just looking around for uh, silica drops and stuff, and a lot of areas are sold out, man. It's Jeez, what are the odds of that? Hey, look, check this out. I'm going to share my screen real quick. Yep. Like. Hang on, CJ. V, v may lose his audio again. No, no here we go. There you go. <laughs> All right. That's there sold you, out. There you go. Now wow. Watch this. Yeah. I want to go directly to, here's Walmart, right? Let me let me quote. Private? Did you send? Hang on. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, there's one on Amazon currently. Is so that it? This. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, see, show my screen. This is Walmart. Look, out of stock. Yep. Yep. Wild. They're buying it up. That's wild. Go ahead, CJ. No, I'll just be brief. The other thing to really pay attention to is they, they really start to, um, you know, they just uh, authorize the booster uh, for the elderly and, and people with, you know, in, that are immune compromised. And the next target is going to be the kids and, and something to really pay attention to that's happening. And I encourage everyone to go to the Children's Health Defense Fund and follow the work there. Like in Washington, D.C., for example, they passed back in 2020 um, that's deemed unconstitutional, but they still do it that basically allows children who are age 11 and older to receive vaccination at school without the knowledge or consent of a parent. And this passed, and we're starting to see these in a lot of different areas that are poppy, popping up and more alarming, even, even here in my state, and we have a coalition that's called Indiana for Medical Freedom that does a great job of sharing this information. And this is one that's an Indiana immunization coalition, and they're advertising this for one of the schools, the high school that's coming up. 
And they're, they're basically stating that if you do not want to participate in, please fill out this form ahead of time, or basically that they're going to go ahead and, and inoculate and give the flu vaccine to your student, basically with, without your consent or your permission. And the more alarming thing is that if you see the note at the bottom that's highlighted, it says, please note that the Indiana Immunization Coalition will vaccinate with all ACIP recommended, recommended vaccines unless we are contacted for specific vaccine refusal 48 hours prior to the clinic. So pay attention. This is this is scary. This is scary shit that's happening, especially if kids that are that are happening in, in, our, in, in like in my home state. So so that's the next level of defense is going to. They're coming after the kids. So just just remain focused on that. That is that is very, very important, CJ. The other thing for folks to remember is, is it is very state dependent. Uh, and Indiana is certainly not a state I would consider as anything but red. Um, California is one of the states. And if you're living in Washington State or Idaho, I I'd, I'd take a real close look at what's going on there. Because if I recall correctly, please don't quote me. But if I recall correctly, California's got some some initiatives out there where where they're talking about uh, inoculating your kids without telling you that that it's like one of those legal loopholes that if they don't have a letter on file from you as a parent saying, and I remember in the 1970s, you know, they sent letters home. Uh, they had a weird looking. Um, they they tried to make us all feel more comfortable about it. I mean, we were like four or five years old. Um, the inoculation gun they were using, and I forget for what the vaccine was for, but it looked like something out of Star Trek. So, you know, the kids were all standing in line looking at each other going, they're shooting us with a phaser. Um, but they sent forms home months in advance saying, we're going to do this at the school. If you want your doctor to do it, that's fine. There were kids standing in line at a little piece of paper in their pocket where it's like, I already had this shot. I wasn't supposed to be here. Okay, you, know, you can go back to class, whatever it might be. That's a far cry from what we're talking about from what we're talking about here. Um, so again, I, I know I've had conversations with parents before where they're like, man, God, I don't, cause the school's going to freak out this, that, and the other. And it's like, I understand that. But a lot of what we're dealing with here is, is no longer should your kid be in gym or, you know, whatever, or take part in the school play. Your kids and belong to us, not you. <laughs> yeah, it's right. that. And there's, there's no go. I mean, uh, this was kind of my situation right now. Cause as, as you all know, I'm a federal contractor. And, and you know what they've dropped on us. If we don't have a shot by the 22nd, we're all released, supposedly, uh, 22nd November. So the one of the many angles that's being used right now is, is there's, there's no going back. If there's a mistake, if there's an error. And the thing that really gets my attention, CJ, is that part you highlighted there at the bottom of the document. Because, um, number one, uh, and I, know, I don't know that V said this, but I will. If you absolutely positively have to you know, and I, I concur with his advice and that of others about you really need to prepare your body weeks in advance before you do that. Yep. But um, the, uh, it also has its own side effects. But the Johnson Johnson shot is at least a true vaccine. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying take it. I'm just saying it at least is a true vaccine. And I assure you, because I've heard it from people I used to work with that were pharmacy people. There was a big dust up in the pharma community with J&J because all the others are gene therapy, which requires multiple shots because gene therapy drugs tend, tend to start weakening in the body after four to six months. Final comment. Many years ago, a good friend of mine in New Jersey, uh, who's from an ethnic community that works very closely with each other, um, they discovered that the middle schools and the high schools were getting paid to administer ADHD drugs at school. 
Man. And so suddenly, suddenly there was this big flurry of activity of parents being told, hey, the school nurse thinks your kid's got uh, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and you need to start going on these medications. So my buddy and a bunch of other parents, they all went in there and spoke to the school officials. And the officials were like, uh, we don't know what you're talking about. And this is for the public interest and this, that, and the other. My buddy literally stood up in the audience and held up a letter from a pharmaceutical firm with how much money every member of that committee was getting paid. Wow. Now, class, how did that happen? Well, like I said, they're a very tight ethnic community. It's kind of like uh, when the Hells Angels suddenly get information, how did that happen? Because they got their people working for, for the Department of Motor Vehicles. They've got their people right. over working in law enforcement as secretaries and things. Well, a member of his ethnic community was working in the office. So mm. she took a photo, keyword. She didn't photocopy it because then there'd be a record. She took a photograph with a digital camera. And then they printed out the, the digital photo. So there's no way to backtrace where the heck did this come from. Now, there was a lot of embarrassment. There were some, uh, quietly, some steps taken uh, in the interest of the school board, blah, blah, blah. But that was definitely one of those moments where it's like, man, I would, I would give big money to have been sitting in the room when that happened. Because that's just, wow, you can see that from space uh, when you hit, hit a uh, school board or similar that hard. But it's like, we have the letter with how much money you're getting paid per kid. You wow. lying expletives. Yeah, and then the last thing I have, it was just real brief, is that I'm not sure if everyone was able to witness how uncomfortable Bill Gates, who obviously is a is you know into eugenics, um, I think that in part is why he started uh, networking with um, Jeffrey Epstein. And I, I I don't think it was in, it could have been pedophilia, all that kind of stuff. But I think it was more just into the research that Epstein was doing in regards to creating an elite class, very much kind of similar to what Hitler was doing. Um, they know that they were harvesting crazy thing that he was doing out, I think in New Mexico, but just watch how uncomfortable Bill Gates gets when he starts getting a uh, question in regards to Epstein. I to you on the other side. Let's take a listen. It was reported at that time, uh, that you had a number of meetings with Jeffrey Epstein, who, when you met him 10 years ago, he was convicted of soliciting prostitution from minors. What did you know about him when you were meeting with him, as you've said yourself, uh, in the hopes of raising money? Uh, you know, I had dinners with him. Uh, I regret doing that. He had relationships with uh, people he said, you know, would give to Global Health, which is a uh, interest I have, you know, not nearly enough philanthropy goes in that direction. Uh, you know, those meetings were were a mistake. They didn't yeah, uh, okay. what he purported, and I cut them off. You know that goes back a long time ago now. Uh, there's, you know, so there's nothing new on that. It was reported that you continue to meet with him over several years, um, and that, in other words, a number of meetings. Um, what did you do when you found out about his background? Well. And you know, I've said I regretted having those dinners. Uh, and there's nothing, absolutely nothing new on that. Is there? I can stop it there because you guys see it just <laughs> squirming in his chair, man. Yeah, the, yeah. the important thing to keep in mind, though, the important thing to keep in mind is Judy Woodruff, notwithstanding, 
no one ever appears, no one of any means ever appears on an interview show without very clear boundaries around what can be discussed and what not can mm. you know, It makes me think, like, fellas, so, it makes me think, why did Melinda leave him? And, I, and, and all the stuff is right now just, like, turning against Gates. It seems as if the system, the real power behind the throne is like, all right, I think we're done with this guy. I mean, this was a huge embarrassment for him. They put him in the pressure cooker. I wouldn't doubt it the slightest. And and again, uh, the past is prologue. If you look at what happened to Jack Welch, you know his his second or third wife, I forget which. Um, she, God, man, she she played him. She had a psychology background. She understood everything there was to know about him. I mean, she targeted him as a husband. More power to her. But when the divorce started, um, she knew how much Jack Welch had to win. At everything, every argument, every meeting, everything. He always had to win. And in court in front of the judge and everybody while it was in the court record, she's, you know, and she got, you know, the judge told her to sit down and I'm a, I'm a hit you with contempt. She looked at Jack Welch in that court with the media and everybody sitting behind there. And she said, this is a battle you won't win. And he went insane. He started doing all sorts of shit that uh, put his case at risk and everything else. And then he violated the big rule. Now, I heard this one directly inside General Electric from one of our sales leaders, and his comment was, they went to Jack's house, they sat down with him on a Saturday, the, the board and the private equity people and everybody else, and they said, Jack, it's your rule, not ours. Don't put us on the front page of the Wall Street Journal, and you're putting us on the front page of the Wall Street Journal. Pay her whatever the hell she wants and shut up because you're exposing the company and you're exposing the fact that all major executives, and this is true. You know, they have budgets for flowers. They have budgets for uh, furnished apartments. That's where all the mistresses are kept. I'm not making that up, folks. That's dead serious. You talk to any lawyer who deals with compensation agreements, they'll tell you that. And Jack's detail about his compensation agreements was exposing all of, like, the Fortune 100 executives. And so it came down like the wrath of God. Because it's like the next conversation we have with you, Jack, you may not be walking away from it. So... Uh, is uh, Gates' soon-to-be ex-wife behind this or her attorneys or others who may have, have approached her? Who knows, but I would definitely say, um, no Raven 6, I used to. Um, I would definitely say this, this, none of this would have happened to Bill Gates and not to this degree if it hadn't been for the situation he's in right now personally. Yep, agreed wholeheartedly. Vils, we're out of time. Uh, do we have a Harley next? Yep, Harley's on deck. All right. And with that being said, folks, we're over and out. Uh, take it away, CJ. And again, check out uh, roguenews.com. Uh, join the Discord. Email CJ, CJ at Rogue News, and he'll give you the Discord. Vel's always popping great talent over there, so go check it out and take it away. 